Hello and welcome to the Declassified Cheat Codes podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I am one of your hosts, Josiah from Caterpillar Mom Plays. And I am your other host, Hill House from Good Games, Good Vibes. And we are here to bring you the weekly news uh, recap of everything in gaming. And we bring you only the most important uh, stories that we can find. And uh, don't worry about any needless filler, which I may be uh, foreshadowing to some of your stories. But <laughs> we'll see. My stories are needless filler. Oh, thank you. No, we'll, 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 we'll rank their importance when we get to them. Um, we always start our shows talking about games that we played, played in the last week. Yep. And, um, of course, I um, managed to finish up the uh, Tracer challenge in Overwatch. So I played a few games yep, of that, here. but only the minimum amount that I needed. Um, yeah, both PC I, and Xbox got that done. Yeah. <laughs> I... Um, also got caught up with all the challenges in Fortnite, and there's some really cool stuff in that game right now. Um, I'm really yes. enjoying this season of Fortnite. I think it's a really well-rounded season, and they've really got their pacing down. Um, I was talking with a friend uh, about how the pacing of other seasons was really bad in the past, how they would release too much new content at once, and then the rest of the season would be boring. They've really got it down to a science where every week they release some new aspect that you can just binge for a couple of days. And uh, they've yeah, done they, really well they, with that. They know that uh, one of the best things that they can do with the game, with Fortnite, and this is what's going to keep Fortnite alive for a very long time. And even uh, a game like Minecraft, because they kind of do the same thing. Um, but the it, it's you they have to you know remember short attention spans you know something yeah you know that definitely. is going to grab you real quick and you're okay with it you know usually you know the honeymoon is over in two weeks three weeks so we need something new so yeah i i love the fact about that game that they do that um it's you know like i've always said fortnite is not exactly one of my favorites but i do go play it just because it's always something different right especially if you don't play for a month you'll feel like it's oh, a totally yeah. different game <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they'll release something one week and then the next week they release something new. And then the third week they release something new. And then the fourth week they release something new and then get rid of the thing in the first week. And it becomes like a three, four week cycle like that. And where it's like constantly evolving. And um, you kind of will forget that there was an aspect that left because you're just so enthralled in whatever new thing that they've added. And I think they're, they're really good at that because you can also take pride to a sense in their community of, hey, I played when there was this. Or like, hey, do you remember when they had this? Because it was only available for like a week or three weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you, you can talk with like veteran players or people that play all the time about like really random specific things. And it really makes you feel like, oh, they obsess over this as much as I do. Or, oh, they played this season as much as I did. And I think the game is really good at that, at yes. feeling unique. Sometimes there's game modes that I feel like they would bring back. Like um, at the beginning of this season, they had a taxi mode where you would literally play crazy taxi within Fortnite. You would get in a taxi, you would pick up random skins that were popular in the Fortnite universe, and you would uh -huh. <laughs> and you would drive them 
to destinations. And it was just crazy taxi and it worked. And it was one of those things where sometimes I feel like playing that, but I can't. I'm just like, I feel like they should throw that into the rotation more often. But there's so many game modes that they've created, even though I think that's one of the best that they've had. Um, that it's just one of those things where when it does come back, you have this kind of like nostalgia because you're like, oh, I remember really liking this game mode or like this was really cool because, you know, it only had rocket launchers and vehicles, <laughs> you know, yeah. so. Yeah, I think the game is really well balanced like that, but um, I didn't play too much. Just once again, the minimum to get everything done in that game, too. Yeah. Uh, but there's a crossover event with uh, Rocket League yep. for the next like week, I think. I think the total at the beginning of the event was two weeks, but probably by the time this episode posts, it's going to be a, about a week. And um, the crossover event, when you do the challenges within Rocket League, you get unlocks in Fortnite and in Rocket League. So it's pretty cool. It's kind of two birds with one stone. You get, I think the things that you can get in Fortnite are sprays and some back bling. And then in Rocket League, it's really cool. You can get um, a llama topper, a flag, um, a uh, whatever they call their skins. What is it? Paint jobs. Um, uh, wheels and the coolest thing is you can get a little battle bus. <laughs> That's like the final thing that you can unlock. And I already finished that. So I probably won't be playing rocket league for a bit, but I did think that battle bus was really cool. Um, I don't know. I'm enjoying rocket league. I haven't played it in probably oh, yeah. two years. And uh, I know it just went free to play and I've owned it all these years. So it feels kind of weird picking up a game once it goes free. But, um, it might have a more balanced community now because I felt like when it was paid, um, the people that were still playing it years after it was released were like professionals <laughs> yeah, and it was really hard exactly. to have fun with the game. But now that it's free, I feel like if you're not as good as other players, you might run into some people that just downloaded it for the first time, which is new. And um, that could be refreshing to people that are just getting started with the game because I'm not a good player by any means, but I have made I've been able to obtain MVP a couple times in some wins, which is yeah, pretty crazy for how mediocre I think I am. So there must be some really bad Rocket League players queuing up right now. Um, no offense to all you people that are just, you know, starting out. But um it's really cool. Um I feel like there's a new uh, surge in players because of the Fortnite challenge. I see a lot of people using those um, car, you know, accessories, like they're doing those challenges. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I do think their battle pass is steep because I actually considered buying it because I was like, yeah, it is a little I'm, steep. I think. Yeah. I don't think it's worth as much as other battle passes and it's more casual. I understand it lasts a long time, but something like 70 days left in it. So it's a long one. Maybe there were 90 at the beginning. Um, so it's a long battle pass, but still $10 is a lot for Rocket League. But I mean, to each his own, there's somebody out there that Rocket League is their main game and they don't see any problem with $10. But um, yeah. my intentions of getting a battle pass at Rocket League would be to maybe every now and then play it. <laughs> like it's yeah. not even in my top three battle pass games that I play. You know, it's well, behind- I'm going to give it a fair shot. I'm actually going to give it some practice. I'm going to see what it's all about and use a controller on PC, et cetera. 
you yeah. know, try to because uh, you can link your Xbox account to it. I've made the PC account my main account so that mm-hmm. I can link uh, any of the achievements to my Xbox. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a fair shot and I'm going to practice. Uh, I've seen some amazing things that people do with the cars and I want to see how you're able to do it and see if I can actually do it and, you know, give it some time and and see what's up. And if I like it, I might buy the next battle pass. You know, if I actually end up being somewhat decent at it, you yeah, know, enough, and, to, um, enough to at least want to spend some time and, and give my team a fair shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And right now during this uh, llama palooza is what they're calling it. The crossover event with Fortnite. Yeah. There yeah. is a play 10 games, get like 15 K XP or something. And that's like unlimited refills. So you can keep doing that. So if you like are grinding, um rocket league right now there's like some ridiculous free xp with this Lollapalooza thing just be sure every 10 games to cash that out so that you're not wasting your time but i was like getting leveling up really fast with hardly playing so i probably played a collective 20 games in the last week and Mm -hmm. got all of the Fortnite challenges done uh but you know, I'm at a decent level for only playing like probably two days. <laughs> and if um, you're if you're used to playing this game with a controller on, you know, let's say you get it on PC and you're used to playing it with a controller, play it with a controller. Um, I right. know people who Absolutely. are grand or former grandmaster champions who at this game who play on PC, but they play with a controller because that's all they've ever played with. And they do some amazing shit. With these vehicles, I mean, and that's just the kind of stuff that I want to learn is, you know, some of those trick shots and, and well, of course the basics, but it's a very, it's yeah. a very fluid and cool sports game. It's, it's just a really unique idea. And I think if you actually take some time in it uh, and learn it, then and give it a fair shot, then, you know, people may like it, but yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to give it a fair shot and see what's up. Now, can, can we jump to a story that you have later that I see? Yeah, in your yeah, notes? yeah. You're talking, you have a note that says Overwatch for free. Yes. Um, can we go ahead and talk about that? Because Rocket League just went free to play. And it did make he, me think the last week, personally, before you even wrote this, that I forgot we talked about Overwatch going free to play when Overwatch 2 comes out, that maybe the player versus player mode will be free to play eventually, you know? Well, what it is, is it's it has to do with the Overwatch League, Um, the Overwatch League uh, VP actually um, uh, came out and uh, John Spector came out and um, uh, confirmed it that the league is going to be giving away uh, the game and Overwatch League tokens um, that all teams are going to be taking part in it. Uh, it, it, none of them, none of it's gone live. Um, we, you know, this is as of, uh, just early, early this morning or, uh, late last night, um, that this information was coming out. Um, there isn't any updates on it, but the last tweet that came out was, uh, yesterday at uh, 7 23 PM from John Spector. And it says we're working on a play overwatch with all of our franchises at the league to give away PC copies of the game and league tokens to fans in limited quantities and for a limited time. They'll be going live with their promotions soon. Uh, you got to follow all the teams uh, in order to get the details. But yeah, um, so there is a chance that you could actually get the game for free. Um, and it looks like this is going to be going. Let's see. It says the free game is. 
only being offered on PC via codes for Battle.net, not consoles. Mm -hmm. And uh, the requests from the codes have to be submitted by January 15th, 2021 and redeemed by January 31st. And uh, this may be part (laughs) of a promotion that's coming up uh, between the 8th and the 11th for the grand finals. So this could be a part of it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Um, the Battle.net an- copy of it is also the cheapest that you could find. Isn't it like 10 bucks or something? <laughs> uh, last I saw it was $19.99. I'm not sure if the yeah, you copy may is o- even cheaper y- now. You may only be able to purchase the Ultimate Edition now. So yeah, probably. Yeah. You're probably right. I think the Legendary Edition. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, the legendary. you may be. Yeah. Yeah, I think for a but short time had- you could buy the non-Legendary and it was like super cheap. <laughs> but they are saying, though, that it has nothing to do with a lead in for overwatch two. This is just, uh, I think this is just to get okay. the game out there so that when overwatch two happens, uh, when it drops, you still have a huge amount of players that are playing the actual game because when overwatch two does come out, which we reported on before, uh, you'll still be able to play all the new heroes, uh, get all the new skins, stuff like that. You just won't be able to do the campaign modes unless you pay for the new game. So as long as you already own the game, you'll right. still be able to play the content just not the campaigns. So, yeah. Right. So even if Overwatch, the PVP version, doesn't go free to play when Overwatch 2 comes out, I think that Rocket League going free to play means that Overwatch needs to release a free DLC that is Lucio Ball all year round. I think they should just release that. Where you can play Lucio Ball even if you don't own the game. (laughs) That would be kind of cool. I don't cool. understand why they don't do that because Lucio Ball is actually really fun to play. Lucio Ball um, is a ball. That's a blast, dude. It's a blast. Yeah, even if you don't own the game. And you think the thing is, they wouldn't be losing much by doing that because if anything, it'll make people who don't have Overwatch go, hey, I want to see what the rest of this game is about. I know it has nothing to do with this game mode, but, you know, maybe I would like the game. You know, if anything, it would help advertise Overwatch if you had a free to play Lucio Ball, you know, I I think they should do that, even though people would laugh at them because people would be like, wow, they didn't make the game free to play. They just made Lucio Ball free to play. But I mean, it's better than nothing, you know? Yeah. And actually, you'd probably get a whole new subset of of gamers that are competitive Lucio Ball players. Right. That's what would be funny is if Lucio Ball like took off and then suddenly became bigger than Overwatch. (laughs) I really think that Lucio Ball could take off uh, uh, on its own game as a spinoff. I really do think it could. Uh, It it could legitimately take off. I think you would need more characters than just Lucio. I think you need, you know, it could be called Lucio Ball as a tournament per se, but yeah, you would need more characters than that. Yeah, they could be just a bunch of more... uh, DJs, they could all just be DJs that shared the stage with Lucio. <laughs> it could be exactly. a whole roster of DJs, <laughs> exactly. and it could have its own battle pass and everything. I I see a future with Lucio Ball. I think they could make it work. They just have to add third person. I think the most annoying thing about Lucio Ball is that you have to play it in first person. Um, yes, third I, person I think would be much more effective. That's kind of how Rocket League does it. So I think it'd yeah. be a good idea. There's yeah. a lot of limitations to the first person in Lucio Ball. Sometimes you have no idea where the ball is. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not exactly. tracking it. <laughs> but yeah, let me let me finish up the other game I played this week was um Don't Laugh, but it was randomly uh Thief, which is a Square <laughs> Enix game. 
And um, this game has been constantly shit on. Uh, a lot of people say this is like the low of Square Enix's games. A lot of people say this was one of the most... I remember when it came out, it was one of the most disappointing AAA titles out there. I remember within a couple of months, it was in the GameStop dollar bin. And it was like a $60 game. Um, I remember it was just something that people shit on like all the time. And I decided to buy it, I think... It was on some 90% off thing. I think it was like a dollar, $2 for like everything, including all its DLC. And um, I bought it like a year ago. So I just decided to randomly check it out this week because I'd never actually played it. I just remember it was making the rounds of people saying it's one of the most disappointing games ever. But seeing it in hindsight, not having any context of when it came out, not having any context of what you would have expected it to be, um, all I can think of is people probably thought it was going to be like Dishonored or the quality of Dishonored or Assassin's Creed, and it was below that bar. But for what it is so far, it's I think it's pretty good for one to two dollars. Like, holy crap, you can't get a game this good for a buck. Uh, if you compare it to like um, uh, Android and iOS games for a dollar, like... <laughs> It's really good. This game is consistently on 90% off sales. And I understand people that have like a personal vendetta against this game because they paid $60 for it. But I mean, if you were not one of those people, this game's pretty well made. It's got decent voice acting. Um, it's pretty corny sometimes, but it has that late PS3 charm to it, kind of, where it's kind of, you know, everyone's just a badass to be a badass type thing, you know? And once yeah, you get past yeah. that, you're just like, okay, this kind of feels kind of nostalgic, but um, it just it isn't as bad as I expected. I thought it was going to be buggy and like unplayable, and uh, it it's its choice of button layout is really bad. I feel like if you remapped it, it'd be a lot easier. Like it makes run left trigger instead of right trigger. Um, it, it does a lot of things backwards. Um, I think. There was something that the left on the uh, D-pad did, and it's not something you would ever use with left on the D-pad. It may have been inventory. I mean, usually you're used to up and down. You know, it's just, it's kind of awkward because when you see games like it today, other games have different layouts that are kind of standardized by now. So it's button layouts kind of clunky, but once you get used to it, it's really not that bad. It's not animated that terribly if you don't know the context of when it came out. That's the thing, is if... If it came out and it looked horrible, that's one thing. But when you go back and know that it's an old game, you're not expecting cutting-edge graphics, so you know what you're getting into, you know? It, it's really not that bad in hindsight for like a buck or two. So yeah, I, I feel like people are going to be laughing at me because like they have a personal memory of how bad this game was. But so far, I've played the prologue, and I'm in like the first or second mission, and... There's some pretty cool, like, Assassin's Creed-esque stuff to a different style, you know? It's different. Uh, basically, you just play a thief, and you go through buildings, and you uh, loot, and you uh, use stealth to take people out and steal from them. It's, I don't know, it's it's a simple idea for a game. Maybe 
maybe people didn't like it because the plot wasn't good or something. But I mean, like, who cares? It's a dollar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you could, for a buck. If you could, yeah, if you compare it to other games that are a dollar to two dollars, um, like it's just outstanding. But I mean, I understand if people have a problem with it, like compared to other games. And the thing is, this game is just completely forgot about. But when I'm playing it, it feels like a lost franchise. It feels like they were trying to set up a franchise and that it just didn't catch on. But like, I'm not questioning that it didn't catch on because I remember just how strongly people hated this game. And uh, it's really not that bad. I've played so many bad games, especially in the dollar to two dollar bin. Uh, there are some awful games. This is definitely not one of those games. And um, I, I I was fairly impressed. It's it's worth playing. It's weird. It's really weird that it's worth your time. It's very linear, but that's fine. It's just it's just straightforward. It's it's like a time killer, and it's not a bad one. It's not pain. Like I've played games that are painful. This game is not painful, and uh, it. it it's fine. <laughs> that's all I can say. Is it surprisingly fine? But that's all I played this week was battle pass stuff and randomly a probably a five year old game. I don't know when Thief came out. I'll look it up while you're talking. Sorry, I was I was looking out the window. My dog was freaking out. Uh, well, yeah, I heard um, <laughs> a game that I uh, it's not a new game. Um, it's been out since 2016, I believe, or 2017, but. Uh, it, they just had a huge download. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to get this game because I saw that, uh, people were just freaking out over the amount of stuff that is now in no man's sky. And I've got to tell you, uh, after a brief moment of frustration, I am absolutely hooked on this game. I mean, literally hooked on it. Uh, I've never been a big fan of survival games, but I love this game, man. I like the whole idea of it. Uh, I still, uh, I'm having some problems trying to figure out how in the hell to uh, uh, fly my spaceship correctly without destroying it. But uh, yeah, uh, I've been going through some of the stuff. Uh, I've already started making a camp and I'm excited to see what else happens. It's It's been a lot of fun. And uh, uh, if you've been playing this game before and you've enjoyed it, uh, as much as I know a lot of my other friends have uh, Shay, for instance, Shay raved about this game. Well, if you get it now and do the download that is going on uh, for the new content, you will be absolutely amazed at the caves are bigger. I mean, I've seen video of this game being played in the past and yes, I am new to it, but the difference in what I remember seeing and what I'm seeing now is just amazing i mean it is a really beautiful game it really is and uh, i have i have a lower end pc to be honest with you from what's out there today and uh it, it looks absolutely beautiful absolutely beautiful so i recommend it uh if you played it before absolutely get it again do the dlc and start playing this game again because there's just so much more to it uh it's like they've created a whole nother game again it really yeah, is yeah i think I may get into it this week. I already downloaded it. I think Monday I downloaded it because I was like looking at what was new in Game Pass. And that just looked like a game that I would like to get back into because I bought it for the PS4 when it came out. And yeah. it was awful back then. But I know it's gone through several huge updates. Um, I think that uh, I'm going to get it for the Xbox instead of um, the PC mm -hmm. and uh, play it with a controller. I think I'd have a lot more control of the ship, etc. Uh, it's really 
really touchy <laughs> on uh, mm-hmm. PC it, with the mouse and uh, just controlling that ship is just a bitch sometimes, but there's definitely a learning curve to it, but an amazing game, man. Just amazing. Yeah. So um, I found out when thief came out, it was six years ago. Oh, right on. So I'm surprised by that. Also, apparently I don't know any history about this game. Apparently it was the fourth title in a series that started in 98. So there's a 98 game, a 2000 game and a 2004 game. And then 10 years later, Square Enix made a reboot that actually has mixed reviews. I just remember people shitting on it. (laughs) So apparently some people were saying that it was a really good stealth game. And then apparently the story is so just bland that a lot of people just think it's unforgivable. But I think it had to do with the expectations then is all I can think of is the fact that it's a reboot of a franchise that was for the PC. Um, It probably had a very large uh, following that didn't want a game that was just action with no substance. So I could understand that. But from a singular point of view, which was mine up until right now, that was just this is the first game in a franchise that didn't get continued. Um, that being wrong, <laughs> but if you were to run into it like that, you would just think that it was underdeveloped because it was the first game. Because, like, if you compare Uncharted 4 to Uncharted 1, like, Uncharted 1 is like leaps and bounds worse <laughs> in story, huh. in, in uh, voice acting, everything about it feels weaker. And, uh, this feels like something that could have evolved into something really big, but it turns out it was a reboot that uh, was, I guess, below expectations. But anyway, I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, but still talking about um, No Man's Sky, I'm sorry to change the subject. Um, I think it is worth diving into. I have a few friends getting back into it. Um, it's just one of those games that can't go away. I think it's got that kind of, Minecraft charm to it where people that like to play it are addicted. You know, it's just one of those things where it has that. Um, what do you, what do you call it? Where you're just like hoarding materials and trying to, um, and trying to keep all of your, uh, different, uh, materials to the right amount. And, um, what is the word? <laughs> Not scavenging stockpiling scavenging but there's another word um where you have things and you make sure that you only use so much of it <laughs> you uh ration yeah the rationing of of materials and understanding what you need for this and that so that sounds like that's the addictive aspect of that game you get what i'm saying yes yeah absolutely absolutely and that was a big part of it and uh you know and playing it it, that's part of what I learned is that, you know, you, you, you basically, you just, it becomes second nature where you grab certain things that, you know, you need to survive. Right. And, you know, making sure that you're taking breaks and, you know, getting out of storms and, you know, make sure that you have a shelter built and make sure that you can get to caves and, you know, when you're exploring and stuff like that. So it's just, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, self-awareness that's involved in the game. And uh, uh, I do like there's, uh, I think there's, is is it, don't they have a mode where 
you go through and you play and if you die, you die. You have to start all over again. Yes, I believe they do. Um, yeah, it's almost like some an sort Iron of Man kind of mode. And I know, mm-hmm. I know WoW has that kind of thing going on too, where it's an Iron Man mode. I've actually thought about taking placing that and seeing uh, how that goes. Freaking but, last uh, of that. Ha- last of us has that now. And we've, yeah, <laughs> stupid. yeah, 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 yeah. See, and <laughs> the permadeath, that's cool. permadeath. Yeah, permadeath mode. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very cool game, man. The reboot that they've done or the add-ons that they've done to it is just, yeah. Like we said, it's well worth diving back into. Sweet. But I did play one other game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been waiting for this one to uh, be ready, uh, but I've had it for quite a while. I can't remember how I got the code. I don't remember if it was given to me or it was a gift or something. Uh, but anyway, and if it was and it was from perhaps the uh, developers, I apologize for not remembering that. I am checking through my emails to see how I got the freaking code. But uh, anyway, Serious Sam 4 uh, just came out. And I'm telling you guys, if you're a fan of Serious Sam, it is it is the same old crazy, cringy, dirty, nasty fun that Serious Sam is all about. It's blood and guts and blowing shit up and craziness and insanity, heart pounding. Just it, it's nuts. <laughs> it's a fun game. And uh, I'm having a blast with it, actually. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. Uh, it's just absolutely insane and fast paced and crazy. Everything that you would expect from a serious Sam game, everything 100% that you would expect from a serious Sam game. And so far it's just, it's absolutely fun. So, uh, and this is pretty rare for me that I find, you know, uh, three games in the last week that I've actually had fun playing. You know, Rocket League, No Man's Sky, Serious Sam 4. It's kind of rare for me that that happens. So it's been a pretty good game, you know, week in gaming as far as that is concerned. And, you know, those are definitely every one of them. I mean, free to play Rocket League. You got to check it out. No Man's Sky. You can get that on freaking Game Pass if you have that uh, for PC. And that'll be free. And uh, Serious Sam 4. You know, yeah, you got to pay for that game, but well worth it, man. 100% worth the money. It is such a fun game. And if you have a high-end PC, it is going to look beautiful. I unfortunately have to play it on low settings, but it's still a lot of fun. I have no problem with it at all. It's a blast. So, uh, yeah, that's all I played, man. Sweet. Um, I know I'm probably forgetting a game, but if I remember it, we'll talk about it next week. Um, But we can head on to our quick news for the show. And... uh get the show on the road oh yeah it's time for the news bitch Okay, so the first thing in news this week that we have is that uh, Microsoft has confirmed that Doom Eternal is coming to Game Pass later this year. And now that statement alone is kind of strangely vague because to be within 2020, it's got to get on Game Pass pretty quick. (laughs) There's only like three months left of the year. Um, But this is really funny to a lot of people because... Um, Nintendo Switch players were still promised a port of Doom Eternal 
that they still have not gotten. So um, Doom Eternal that released in spring may be included in Game Pass before its port is on the Nintendo Switch, <laughs> which is really crazy to Doom Eternal fans who are probably waiting for that Switch import. Um, but yeah, it's going to be free with Game Pass. That's really cool. Uh, a lot of people probably... Um, probably going to be really impressed by this game. This game looks great. I have not personally played it, but I've seen gameplay of it that looks really fun. And um, and I think there's a lot of people like me that probably wouldn't have bought the game straight out, but are definitely going to play it once it's in Game Pass. This is one of those games that I don't feel like I would play $60 worth, but I would definitely love to check it out, and I might get hooked. Like, it's a great-looking game. It's... um definitely a game that you would want to show off in game pass. And, um, I'm really excited to see when it comes out and how much hard drive space it's going to take, because I assume it's going to be one of the large ones, <laughs> but yeah. Um, have you seen that story that doom eternal is being added? No, I haven't. Yeah. So it was, it's not much of a story cause there's no date. It's just been confirmed that it will make it to game pass this year. So, uh, be I'll on the lookout for too. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks awesome. (laughs) If you see it, it, sometimes you feel like you're watching a rendered scene and it's actual gameplay. It's pretty crazy. Um, Yep. Also, we got very early in this week's cycle of news, the announcement of the Xbox One Terabyte Seagate solid state drive that will be inserted inside of Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. Now, this is something that I was really excited about last week before we heard of the price, but the price is actually not as crazy as it sounds. The price of this one terabyte solid state drive is $219, which is pretty insane. That is but if insane. You compare That's about it, twice as what you get it on Amazon. So yeah, the Xbox one terabyte Seagate solid state drive at 219 is very expensive for just a solid state drive. That's one terabyte. Um, yeah. But when you think about the fact that it can be internally installed and the fact that you don't have to worry about it falling off the table or being yanked by a cat or something or true anything like that, it's got a lot of advantages to be internal. So yeah, it's cool what it does. It's a little pricey. I do highly believe that this price will come down very soon. I feel like this is a starting price. I feel like the, Technology will get cheaper within just a year or two, and we'll see this thing drop to at least 150 very quickly. Um, but of course, the head scratcher with this situation is that a Xbox Series S is only like $70 more. <laughs> yeah. So you could either get a Xbox Series S with half a terabyte of storage for 299 or you can get a Xbox Series X with a full terabyte for 500. So a lot of people have been saying things like hey if you get the S and then get the 1 terabyte storage you're looking at you know $520 for one and a half terabytes of storage. Why don't you just spend $500 and get the Series X and be happy with 1 terabyte? And that's really the answer. If you want a terabyte of storage, get the X. Don't get the S. If you think you're content with 500 gigabytes, then get the S. 
But if you plan on buying it day one with the solid state storage, there's no reason to do that and not just get the X because you'll be paying more than the X for just, you know, 500 gigabytes more of storage, you know, and it already supports USB 3.0, you know, hard disk drives. So if you just needed a little bit more space, you could go get like, you know, a $50 hard drive for it, you know, um, until the SSD comes down. Um, so that's just something to think about. If you're thinking about getting the S with the solid state insert, I guess I'm speaking to people that don't understand gaming. If there's somebody randomly listening to the show that is just listening to it for shopping for their kids purposes, um, don't do that. Just get a series X <laughs> and if they need more storage, get a 500 gigabyte, you know, yep. external hard disk drive. Not that big of a deal. Um, but no, it's, it's exciting. It looks nice. It's, you know, it's officially licensed and made by Seagate. This, this is a really cool partnership. Um, and it's cool that it gives you the opportunity to have that. And it makes me wonder, does that drive support larger space? Because we might see Seagate come out with maybe a two terabyte or a three terabyte pretty soon. And that's what's making me more curious about this proposal is, you know, what's the biggest drive that the Xbox Series X and S are capable of reading, you know? So that's something that I hope people find out once they actually get their hands on these systems. That'd be very interesting to see because remember when the Nintendo Switch came out, the uh, micro SD card could support larger SD cards than they were even making at the time. <laughs> so they knew that the technology would keep up with it and eventually it would need to hold the largest storage that you could get on a micro. And uh, they they beat it by a long shot for a while. But now you can get storage that is large enough to, you know, meet the expectations that the Switch was planning for ahead. So That'd be interesting to see what the Series X and the Series S are capable of reading, you know, because there's a limit. (laughs) Um, Last thing in quick news that I have is that, uh, do you remember this game Jump Rope Challenge that Nintendo released at the beginning of COVID? It was for people to stay active. So it's like this really quick little game that they released. But for some reason, they said that on September 30th, it would be removed from the eShop. And they said that when it was released, that anyone that wanted to play it could play it for free now, but on the 30th, they would take it out of the eShop. Well, uh, they put out an announcement this week that said that their players had had more than 2.5 billion jumps in this game, and that in celebration, they are keeping it in the eShop and not taking it down. And this is just such a Nintendo statement, because you may ask yourselves, why would they ever plan on taking it down? Be- because if anything, it could just be more successful if they just kept it up. You know, like there's no harm in keeping a free game up that you're not going to update. <laughs> um, but the thing is, Nintendo's done that before. They've put up things and made them limited for no reason other than the fact that they could. So it wasn't surprising that they did that, but it's really cool that they've acknowledged the fact that people are still enjoying this game. And they just decided to leave it up. So if you're enjoying Jump Rope Challenge on the Nintendo Switch, 
It is going to still be in the eShop. Don't freak out. It's still there today. And uh, let me hand it over to you since that's all the quick news I had for the week. All right. Yeah, I've got a couple of things. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, there was a uh, rumor that it was going to be released um, ahead of the uh, of schedule. But uh, what actually happened is this. Um, when this all happened, uh, when the game started coming out, what they said is there will be no crunch time. There will be no... <laughs> Uh, no mandatory overtime or anything like that. Well, what's come out is that, um, unfortunately, uh, they have uh, had to do exactly uh, a crunch time. Uh, basically, in an email sent out, uh, the CD Project Red studio boss, uh, Adam Badowski, told the studio staff that they were required to work your typical amount of work and one day on the weekend. Um, that is despite everything that uh, they said last year about keeping a non-obligatory crunch policy in the later stages of development. However, that um, because of uh, uh, the November deadline, they are what they're doing is they're they're focusing on bugs and um, other little minor issues that uh, uh, that maybe they're trying to the make game. it feel polished, right? Exactly. They want it to be 100% ready because this is like one of the games that everybody is going to be looking at. Um, now, one of the things is, you know, some people were complaining about it. However, I looked into some of it and uh, these guys are not only just being paid for the extra hours, but uh, they also are going to be everyone on the team, the team members that they're going to be getting 10% of the company's annual profits that are going to be split. Wow. Among the team members. So that's a lot of money that these guys are making just for uh, having to do this one extra day a week. So it's not a bad thing. It's going to absolutely be a, a great thing for the game, I think. So um, it's not going to be released early. It is going to be released on time. And these guys are uh, putting in the extra work to make sure it's 100% perfect. So I have a lot of uh, uh, actually a lot of uh, hope for this game. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be absolutely amazing. I can't play it myself on PC. However, uh, I am going to be watching uh, gameplay of this, and it looks like it's going to be absolutely amazing. They're, they're not wanting that Avengers 100 bug patch. Exactly. <laughs> these guys are trying, trying to, to make avoid. it to where, yeah, they these guys are trying to make it to where they're going to have one of the games of the year and a seamless, uh, seamless opening. So, I, yeah, I think they're on the right path with that. You know how I feel about as far as uh, these guys taking time to make sure they do it right. Um, you know, I'm behind him hundred percent on that. So, yeah. Uh, so the next piece that we got is uh super smash brothers ultimate, uh, for Nintendo switch. Everybody has, uh, been, uh, keeping up with this game. It's one of the most popular games. I don't think any other game out there is going to possibly kill this game. Uh, it's just an amazing, you know, uh, amazingly, uh, 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 made game that everybody just seems to absolutely love. Well, they have some new characters now. Uh, that are going to be joining the stage. Uh, Steve and Alex from Minecraft. You get to play as either one of them. And you could also swap over to Enderman or a zombie as an alternative in the game. Um, they had to rework uh, all of their existing stages uh, in Super Smash Brothers in order to compensate for the uh, so that you can actually use blocks from the Minecraft style. Um, now this is going to yeah. be, uh, a broadcast. There's going to be a broadcast of this on October 3rd 
Uh, it's going to be at uh, 7.30 a.m. Pacific time, 10.30 Eastern. And it's going to show the play styles, and, um, and that's when the release date for the characters are going to be announced. So, yeah, man, we're going to have some Minecraft characters that are going to be in Super Smash Brothers. There's a lot of people that are really happy about it. Uh, one of the funny things about this is that uh, this actually looks like um, this is what crashed Twitter earlier today um, because the news of this came out. And one of the funny things about it is that people are saying that because right after this uh, information came out, um, uh, Twitter shut down for about half an hour. And it's because yeah. millions of people, uh, one of the jokes is that millions of people were tweeting, thank God it's not crash. Uh, that's being added to the game. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people uh, are hoping for an overwatch character. I heard there's a lot of rumors about that. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like, it looks like two of them are going to be in the Minecraft. Now there are four characters that are coming and right. just because you can uh, switch over to a zombie or uh, Enderman doesn't mean that uh, uh, those are the other two characters. So there is a possibility of an overwatch character coming in. Um, so Yeah. Uh, it should be kind of cool, man. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, um, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, speculation as to what the other ones are going to be, but we already know now that some of them are going to be uh, the the uh, Minecraft heroes. So, yeah, I thought I'd add that to that little story there. Um, have you heard about the remaster for Spider-Man for the PS5? Barely. I saw it okay, for a second. Well, yeah. Um, so they revealed that they're going to do Spider-Man remastered. And now what's cool about this is if you buy the uh, PS5 uh, version of uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, um, the uh, uh, the new game that's coming out, the uh, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. If you buy the Ultimate Edition, the Spider-Man Remastered is included with it. So you're paying $69.99 for Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition, and you get the remastered version with it. And this launches on November 12th alongside with the PS5. Um, it's only The remastered version is only going to be available on PS5, and it's only part of the Ultimate Edition bundle. You can't buy it by huh. itself. So you have to buy the ultimate edition bundle. However, the coolest part about this is they've completely redone it to where Spider-Man looks like Tom Holland. He looks exactly like him. I'm looking at the pictures right now and uh, it, the, the clarity, cause you can tell the difference between uh, the fuzziness and the, uh, the out of focusness of the PS4 version and then the Tom Holland version and the clarity of it and everything else. It looks amazing. Um, it really does look very much like him. Um, so yeah, that's what they're going to be doing. It, it looks really cool. Uh, they do have a performance mode in the remastered game, which allows you to play the game at 60 frame per second. Uh, there is a trailer and it looks absolutely amazing. Uh, so, yeah, if you get the Ultimate Edition, Miles Morales Ultimate Edition, you'll be able to get Spider-Man Remastered to play with your PS5. Um, only available on PS5, though. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are going to be diving all over this, especially since it's remastered to look like Tom Holland. People are going to want it. Um, you know, big fans that are out there. So, yeah, pretty Looks cool pretty idea. 
Uh, there's Steam is now hosting another festival. We've talked about that before where they host the uh, gaming festivals where you're able to get in there and play uh, previews of some indie games and other games that are coming out in the near future. Well, now Steam is hosting a festival for digital tabletop games. Um, they're going to be starting this in October. Uh, the event is going to be streamed live from the 21st to the 26th of October. And these are games that cross between physical and digital. Um, they're going to be uh, teaming up with Rock Digital, who is going to be hosting this through Steam. And uh, it's going to be showcasing people who, number one, uh, helped the uh, tabletop game industry evolve and what it meant to uh, digital, the digital gaming industry. Uh, uh, there's a, a, the GURPS role-playing system is uh mm. that is the uh generic universal role playing system it was created uh by a guy named Steve Jackson back in 1986 now uh this first festival it's going to have him as a speaker uh cuz he's one of the designers and he's one of the guys that basically helped this all evolve he was uh they're also going to have the designer of Call of uh, uh Cthulhu is going to be there and um they're going to have uh uh other games that are, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, that cross the between digital and go into physical. So they're talking about games that um, uh, that has a digital port to a physical game. Does that make sense? Yes. The game, which was basically it produced a digital, uh, physical version from a digital one. So it simulates the physical play experience. So they're going to use those kind of games too. So basically it's like, uh, there's a thing out with Dungeon and Dragons where I, I can't remember the name of this place off the top of my head, but it's a virtual, uh, a virtual uh, dungeon that you can create and you can create your story and people travel through it with these characters and you're the dungeon master and you can host these things, um, which is really kind of a cool thing. I'm actually looking into this. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, this festival is going to be happening, uh, digital tabletop games, which I think is kind of cool. I've always loved tabletop games. So I'm going to check it out, uh, between the, uh, the, uh, uh, 21st and 26th of October and, cool. uh, we'll see what happens, man. They've done pretty good with a lot of their, uh, their events so far. I think this is just another, uh, another win for them in the long run. Uh, anyway, you know how I feel about hackers, right? Um, I love stories where <laughs> they, they catch hackers. For you. And, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could make it like well, bad boys <laughs> with some <laughs> sirens in the back. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, Nintendo has won a lawsuit and they won a $2 million judgment against switch hackers. Uh, there was a store that was uh, out there. And um, it's called Team Executor. They develop software and hardware that allows people to hack the Nintendo Switch consoles and play pirated games. Um, now, they weren't targeting these specific, uh, uh, this specific group, but just more like stores that resell the hacking devices. And so they were able to um, find who created them and... Uh, go after these guys. So what they went ahead and uh, there was a reseller called uberchips.com. 
Um, now, once the lawsuit was filed, this company went offline and the owner had denied allegations that they were offering hacks and they denied it in court. And um, however, uh, things were shown and proved. So they made an out of court agreement. Uh, the company uh, decide, uh, has been shut down. Um, it's a permanent injunction. They must destroy any remaining chips that they have in stock. They have to pay two million pounds in damages to Nintendo. They must give them the the domain name for Uber Chips, and they're no longer allowed to maintain Uber Chips Facebook group or any related social media channels. So basically, uh, not only did they get all the money that they made out of it, but they also shut them the fuck down. I mean, they also took a shit on them. <laughs> yes, completely. Now. <laughs> <laughs> now it, you know and even though you know nintendo has all these issues like you know hackers and uh joy con drifting issues and you know uh uh other other little small whatever their sales their sales just during the combination of the corona pandemic and the release of animal crossing new horizons profits are up 500 percent 500% in the fiscal year of 2020. That is absolutely insane. 500%, man. And, uh, well, that actually brings me into my next story. Speaking of New Horizons Animal Crossings, there's an update that is removing hacked items from Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, now, everybody's been waiting for the fall update because they wanted all the good stuff and all the mechanics and everything else. Um, mm -hmm. There is a fence that people were able to, to hack uh, uh, and build up. So when they were able, when, when they hopped on after the, uh, after the uh, download, uh, Their uh their fences and um other hack media were uh deleted from the game. Now this also happened a little bit uh back in the past. Um Dream Islands featuring uh the hacked star fragment trees. Okay, those were all deleted. Uh they've they've been trying to keep this going on and on and on as far as uh, stopping with the uh, with the hacking and the anti cheating, so uh, even in a game like New Horizons Animal Crossing, you know you're going to have that kind of stuff, and uh, uh, you're going to have hackers and cheaters. But yep, they I uh, guess it was a big surprise to several of these guys who thought that they could get these fences put up and make it all look pretty, and then they go back in the game and they may have had animals wandering off because they were <laughs> fenced in, and now they weren't anymore. So. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, so good news on the hacker front. I love it. I hate hackers. I hate cheaters. They can all burn <laughs> in hell as far as I'm concerned. And that's all I've got. Yeah, I just need to take, I need to go to old episodes and find clips of you saying things like that and then just have it going left and right through the speakers like a bunch of times that you've said things like, I'm coming for you and <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just like a, sounds like a bunch of memories or st- stuff as the sirens are going from left to right. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> Is that all you had? That's all I got, man. Okay, so our big story for the day is, I think it's huge, and I don't think that many people are talking about it, but I think it is huge. Um, Amazon Luna was announced, and Amazon Luna is basically Stadia, but better. (laughs) So Amazon Luna is probably closer to game plat game pass with X cloud than it is stadia, but Amazon has announced and said that it's going to have less games than game pass. So basically think of it as game pass light. If you see the, if you go to Amazon Luna right now, um, you won't be able to see a list of all the games that they have, but you'll be able to see a picture that shows a lot of games that may seem familiar because A lot of them have been in Game Pass. So there are a lot of games that are already open to the idea of game streaming. And these are a lot of titles that you may have already played through Game Pass. But this is a cheaper service than Game Pass. Um, While Stadia is $9.99 a month and so is uh, Game Pass, depending on which version you have. I think you may have to pay $15.99 a month to obtain the xCloud. Amazon Luna is going to be only $5.99 a month. And that's yeah. crazy cheap. Um I heard a uh I heard a uh a news source say that it's the cheapest on the market now of that um type of service, but really it's not. I feel like uh Apple Arcade at $5 is still a pretty big competitor to this genre. It's not exactly game streaming. Um, but the fact that it is giving you access to a library of games, just like Game Pass, is pretty similar. Um, I don't think we're yet at the point where we can competitively say that Game Pass and Luna and Stadia and Apple Arcade are they really that different. They all have really different uh, specific uh, uses, but uh, on the service level, they're all subscriptions to play games. And when you think about it, uh, Stadia is the worst right now because Stadia, you have to buy your games and then pay to be able to play your games. Uh, Unlike Stadia, all three of those other companies that I named, uh, Game Pass, Luna, and uh, Apple Arcade, allow you to play a library of games for the same fee that you pay to access them. So it's not, you know, two paywalls. Um, But with Luna, what's exciting about Luna is that not just the price, but it's just the fact that it can work with fire sticks and it's going, it's going to have a switch pro like controller. That's very similar to like how stadia works. Um, and probably the most interesting thing about it is that they are getting around the Apple iOS and Android play store, um, by making it run through the web browser on phones. So this is really funny. Yeah. I'm wondering if they switched gears on this after hearing how Apple reacted to Game Pass and then after Fortnite decided to attack Apple. 
<laughs> so I'm wondering <laughs> if after those two events that happened in the last month, I'm wondering if Amazon was like, what if we just run it through the web browser? It's not going to be as good as an application, but you know, what's Apple going to do? Not allow you to go to their website on their web browser? And that's what I immediately thought. I was like, so like, let's say Apple blocks Amazon Luna on uh, Safari. Um, if they do that, people just download Google Chrome and then run it through there. And then if they block Google Chrome, <laughs> um, people will riot. And, um, you know, there's a limit to how much they can block that. So now I'm immediately thinking, what if Game Pass just switched gears and made a web browser version? Because I think the biggest thing that Luna is going to do is scare Game Pass because it seems like they're just a yeah. light version of Game Pass. This is very competitive. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't think um, Apple Arcade and Stadia are even in this fight anymore. Uh, Apple Arcade is for very casual gamers. It's for very casual gamers. And there's an audience for that. You know, um, There's people that don't want to pay $10 a month for games, but would probably be fine paying $5 a month for games, you know? But, yeah. um, but I think the real competition is going to be between Game Pass and Luna. So what I hope will happen is maybe this will bring the price, the price of uh, Game Pass down a little bit because now, um, currently, I believe, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think xCloud is only available in Game Pass Ultimate that is $14.99 a month. I don't think it comes with the $9.99 a month Game Pass. That's right, no, right? No, it's $14.99, I believe. Yeah. yeah, so it's only in that. So to get the same experience as Amazon Luna in Game Pass, you already have to pay $15 a month. So that's more than double. You know, it's almost yeah. triple the price. So Luna's got a lot going for it, mainly the pricing. Um, it looks like they're also doing some sort of partnership with Ubisoft because they have the, like this channel thing going on. But um, yep. I yep. already I already signed I up to that. be a uh, a beta tester for it. Hopefully they choose me. I don't know. I try to sweeten them up as much as I could, but I'm pretty excited about this. This is a this is an exciting feature, mainly for um, I don't know how to say this, but mainly for concerned parents. Um, I'm very interested to see if Amazon Luna works with Fire Stick's parental controls, because currently the Fire Stick is huh. the best streaming device that allows you to block web browsers and other things that you may not want younger kids to have access to. Um, even with um, the Xbox, you can block certain things, but usually to block one thing, you have to block almost everything. It's not as, it isn't as fine tuning as uh, Amazon products are. So if you could run Amazon Luna through a Fire Stick or Fire Stick TV, Fire TV, I would be very impressed by this because then this makes like, like the ultimate gaming system for kids that is not a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> so this is like the ultimate TV system because then for $5.99 a month, you could get a cheaper version of Game Pass and it would have all the parental controls of a Fire TV or Fire Stick with a Bluetooth or whatever the controller is. I mean, this seems like a really cool setup for like um, parents because this just seems really... Because I know how Amazon is with their other products. So this seems like, you know, a match made in heaven type thing. 
So I'm I'm very interested in this. I'd love to uh, test it out and maybe even give Amazon yeah. some feedback on it because that's the main thing I'm looking for is can it be integrated into the kids mode of the Fire TV? That way you could also maybe set limitations on what games they can play in Luna because if you go to Luna, obviously there's M-rated games in there. There's things like uh, Metro Exodus in there. But then there's also, you know, a buttload of titles that are fine for teen rating and E rating and all of that. So if Amazon, you know, does the right thing <laughs> and allows their parental controls to be integrated into Luna, then that's awesome. Um, currently, though, on the service level, it seems like they're marketing it more as a partner to Twitch. It looks like they're saying that you can you know, play on Luna and immediately stream on Twitch. And it's like super integrated because that's fine because they own Twitch. Uh, but it, it's just, this is like the biggest middle finger to Stadia. I, I think Stadia is dead after this. This is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. um, Stadia is going to have yeah. to totally rethink what they're doing. And um, th- this is, this is just insane because if on one- Amazon, mm-hmm. go ahead. Because on one side of the fence, it's Stadia is beaten by GeForce Now because GeForce Now is just is so much more accessible and cheaper. And then on the other side of the fence, Luna beats Stadia because they actually give you games and Stadia really doesn't. They give you like one or two a month. Um, it's yeah. just it's just night and day, you know. Stadia is like Xbox Gold, basically, where <laughs> it gives you like one or two games a month that you can play online. And you could pay for as many as you want. It's like it's like paying for the right to stream iTunes, basically, where you pay for the individual Pretty songs much. rather than streaming songs. Um, it, and obviously, it's going subscription. Everyone loves subscriptions. So I think Amazon's just... I think this is the nail of the coffin for Stadia. Unless Stadia switches gears, they need yeah. to also change their name or something. They need to call it like Stadia... They already have a Stadia Pro, but if they switch gears and add a streaming service, they're going to have to like think of another catchy name or something, you know, to like make sure people know that it's not the same shitty service (laughs) because uh, everyone correlates Stadia with just this awful experience. So um, I don't know. What's your take on this? Because I kind of just hit every single point that I got from this exciting announcement Uh of Luna. The thing is that Amazon doesn't do anything half-assed. And if you look at the game that they've come out with, uh, New World, if what they're still developing right now, it's an amazing game. So if you've got a, something like Amazon and they have, they're also creating their own games that are going to stream to you, the benefit of having it stream to you is it's going to stream to you in 4K. You're going to see this amazing quality on your television. You know, it's going to be a beautiful looking game. So uh, I, I think that these guys are going to be definitely taking them out of the out of the picture. Uh, Stadia definitely has to change everything about itself in order to compete now. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I, I was almost talking about this to my wife the other day, but something sidetracked me. Um, I was thinking just how much Amazon's really good at making online applications and they're really good at making hardware. And Google tries both of those too, but Google has had a bad track record with online services. They're really good at hardware. Um, like Google's really good at making, you know, 
technology hardware, which is really funny because they got started as a search engine. And now they're, it's like their sense of what people want online is somehow just blind because it's yeah. not just Stadia. Stadia was, is, is a failure. But before that, they had, um, they had Google Plus or whatever it was called, the, uh, Yep. social networking system that closes doors. Um, they haven't just done this once. They failed multiple times on trying to connect with, you know, people online. Um, they're just, I don't know. It's, it's weird that Google that started as like something that was software is now way more recognized as hardware. Like even with Stadia, I wasn't attracted to the service, but I thought the controller looked kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I I don't know. It's crazy to think about the fact that I don't think Google can write that ship, and that's just one of those things that they haven't impressed me in a while with an online service, you know, in a long time. So I don't really think they're capable of it. You know, I agree. But uh, yeah, I think I Luna's the nail in the coffin for Stadia. But I'm excited about it, and I hope that it comes out soon. I mean, I just think. I just think the features of it working with the Fire TV is one of the coolest things, you know. So yes, yeah. I don't think it's as accessible as uh, XCloud. I think XCloud is a lot more like everywhere. But I think Luna can serve its purpose, especially as maybe a for even if its target audience was kids. I think it's, I think that makes sense. It's cheaper. Um, you can use it on two devices. That makes sense. Um, so like, let's say, let's say you have one kid and, um, you buy Luna just to test it out. Uh, and it has, let's say it has parental controls or something where, uh, the kid can play anything in Luna that is under a certain rating or something. So no problem. Well, while he's, while he or she is playing that, um, you could be in the other room using Luna and checking out, you know, Metro Exodus or something like that on the same account for $5.99 a month. That's pretty cool yeah um yeah especially with those features because just like fire i mean i'm not being a complete like dad here but just like uh fire tvs um have the you know the parental controls kids modes on them i mean plenty of people use them without that so all i'm saying is you could still plug in a fire tv into another room and uh you know use luna as a single adult like it's fine (laughs) Yep. Yep. So I feel like if they if they add those parental controls and allow it to be run inside the kids mode, I think that'd be really cool. Um, I think it's if they don't, that's a huge missed opportunity. I feel like they could oh, be big missed opportunity. Yeah, they'd be foolish not to. Yeah, I feel like they'd be like making new ground into that thing because cu- currently, right now, Nintendo is like the only completely safe platform for kids to game on, and that's because they like completely shut the door off to almost everything <laughs> because they've made it almost incapable of doing things. That's how it's, that's how it is, how it is, you know? But, um, I feel like there's a middle ground. I think Amazon's able to control that. Amazon's, uh, able to allow you to control features from your phone and stuff like things like that really makes sense. Uh, also the integration with Alexa, this all seems really straightforward and i think that they should really get luna on 
all of their other features that they offer. Because that's the attraction yeah. to going with anything Amazon is the fact that it works with other Amazon things. So I think they need to make sure that they do this correctly. You get what I'm saying? But yeah, I'm excited absolutely. about it. I think it sounds so really cool. I. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like this could be, you know, the the uh, the uh, standard, you know. Amazon could make it to where they are the standard of streaming games. Yeah, and now the only player that hasn't put their two cents in about a year and a half ago, we talked about when Stadia was announced that we said that xCloud was going to come out and that Amazon was working on theirs that we didn't know what it was called at the time. But the third big one that we heard about... <laughs> Was Walmart. So we'll see when yeah. Walmart comes out with their streaming service. <laughs> but yo, <laughs> they put their two cents in when Stadia was announced. I remember it. Amazon was like, hey, we're right around the corner. And Walmart was like, hey, we're hiring people. And I was like, why? <laughs> but yeah. Um, if their streaming service is anything like the internet in their store, they're fucked. <laughs> I don't know. Just saying. All it is is it's probably going to be completely outsourced. There's no way they're doing anything in-house. Um, no, they're not. But yeah, um, that's my take on Luna. And uh, that's all I had for this episode. I, I just thought that was a really cool story that not many people were talking about. I was really surprised. It's a great story. I'm just surprised nobody's talking about it. I didn't see a Facebook post on it or anything. I saw a randomly, I think, an ad. And uh, I just clicked on the ad and I was like, why is nobody talking about <laughs> you know yeah. but uh yeah kudos to y'all for running ads because nobody's talking about it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um good show uh today and uh october has begun and uh yes it has we got to get our spook on pretty soon and uh <laughs> yeah just remember it's not the newest news in gaming unless it's new to us yeah